When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome everyone. This is another episode of the Mind Sculptors podcast. I am your host Callahan and we have a fantastic show lined up for you all today. I'm actually really excited about this one. There are two people that are really loving this community that are joining me today. Um, And so I'm going to introduce them here in a moment. But before we get into all that, I just want to thank you for joining us this week. If you like this episode or any of the other episodes or the Callahan is here videos that we do, uh, please make sure to like, subscribe, and comment down below. If you want access to our Discord server, uh, as well as early access to our uh, podcasts, I'm trying to get ahead of things so that we can get early access for you guys. Uh, make sure to head on over to Patreon at patreon.com slash mindsculptors, and you can check out the link in that description there. So, on to our wonderful co-hosts uh, and guests for today. Um, joining me out from the Miami area is, uh, you would know him on Twitter as the Yeva guy, otherwise known as Ink Moth. Ink Moth, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, and I'm going to go on with my common trope and say that it's pronounced Yeva. Yeva? Yeah. Okay, excuse me, my bad, my bad. No, it's just a running joke now that if somebody mispronounces it, I'm just going to pop up out of nowhere and tell you how to pronounce it. Um, oh, I personally funny. don't care, but it's more of a, like, if I can't pronounce the name of my own commander correctly, I feel like that's embarrassing. Is- is this the equivalent of Spleenface correcting people from uh, Hullen when they say Chulane? Um, Effectively? <laughs> yeah, I, I believe so, yeah. I, I, I actually was mind blown by that pronunciation myself. Uh, I was also. Yeah, Hulane. So I was one of the, the... I actually, more embarrassingly, I used to call uh, Demir Dimmer before I heard a bunch of people at a card shop saying it out loud and I felt Oh, that's what Cobblepot calls it as dimmer. And it like every time we're in a video and he says that, it just is like nails on a chalkboard. I love you, Cobble, but um, also joining us today is uh, all the way out from the Las Vegas area is our beautiful Desert Rose, our good friend Flower. Flower, how are you doing today? Hey, doing pretty good. How are you? Doing great. It's I'm so excited to have you guys on. I You two are people. People that I really enjoy interacting with in the community. And um, if you could tell by the title of today's video, we're going to be talking about uh, a particular archetype that these two individuals uh, really love, and that is mono green. And um, mono green is one of those things, you know, on our channel, we have the the show, the mono white guys, right? And... um, So we've talked a lot about white. We've discussed like a lot of those things. Um, When it comes to mono green, though, that's not something that we've discussed a lot here on this channel. So I thought this was a great opportunity. Sit down and have this conversation. Um, So when it comes to mono green archetypes and what they usually kind of look like, I know people are probably very familiar with Silvala. People are very familiar with Yisan. But overall, what would you say, and I I'll, I'll, guess I'll direct this at Flower first, um, what do mono green archetypes usually look like when you see them? So for me, mono green is kind of, um, it's very dependent on its creature creature combos. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of Ashaya, Kyrian Ranger, Um a lot of infinite, you know, land ETBs, infinite creature ETBs, and producing infinite mana is kind of its biggest, biggest thing. Um, up until then, it's it's value creatures. I feel like every creature it puts out is value that helps you advance your board state. Um, as far as green goes, like a, a lot of what I've noticed is that a lot of the creatures it puts out doesn't necessarily stop other people from doing what they're doing. It just 
advances you. And that's that's not, you know, I run a beta progress. That's not for every creature. But um, as, as Igmoth uh, just casually lays down a mangle horn onto the okay. table. <laughs> <laughs> the subtlety. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyhow. Yes. So, and I think that's interesting because we, when you talk about it, like, I think like Silvala is usually characterized as like mono green storm, right? Like bro, what is it called? Bro storm? Correct. Yes. I think the bro uh, denotes the creatures, right? Because they're bros. They come in to help out. Probably are bros. That makes sense. Um, For fans of the channel and fans of who like watch us stream on team turn three on Sundays, um, you if you've watched this a lot, you would have seen uh, what is it? A sick robot have to walk me through how to win with Marwin because I was like, oh, this looks like a cool deck. I'll proxy up. And I was playing it and I had absolutely no idea what was going on the entire time I was playing it. I was just like, so wait, what do I do now? How does this work? Like all the creature combos uh, feel very like beyond me. <laughs> So when we we look at these things, um, like what are the most common sort of like creature combos that people will see? Um, and I guess Ink Moth will ask you this. Like what are like the common creature combos that people are generally going to see from a mono green deck? Um, for those unfamiliar with the color, um, you can almost always tell when a deck is suboptimal when they lack a Shia and Kirin Ranger. Because that's basically what they're all going for now. It's mm -hmm. the most... It's the cleanest line. Uh, it's the most mana efficient one. And uh, yeah, mono green lists, uh, lists are just going to always look to uh, get a, a mana dork on the field without summoning sickness. That's what they're always aiming for. So a lot of people always constantly try to destroy a specific piece that's bothering them. But what they're not aware of is that the, the mana is the one that is uh, creating the problems and are the ones that lead to a line out. And that is basically the case for Yisun, Marwin, and Silvala. Mm -hmm. Yeva just wants to do that when they can. Just that instant speed, right? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so when we, when I look at that corner of the color pie, what is it that you really like about mono green as a strategy like what is it that brings you to because like for instance like i really like playing blue white based strategies and i can tell you all the reasons why it's because i love control i love telling you you can't play the game um <laughs> i'm the worst person um but what like what is it flower that when you 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 sat down your big thing is azusa like what is it about green and azusa and these strategies that you really like I really love subverting expectations. And I mean, now people sit down at the table, people expect Azusa. But the thing is, is like when I'm playing against a new pod, people don't expect a land deck. Right. Like when I'm when I'm when I'm playing CDs, people don't expect a strictly land deck. And it's not it's not like a um a Tatiova. Like it I've gotten so many hilarious responses when I pull out Azusa as my commander. And why not um, Tatiova? Yeah. Why, why not Tatiova? I'm like, because I'm, I'm a Timmy. I don't want to play blue. I, wanna, I just want to <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I, I love playing big creatures that affect the board. And I love playing things that are hard to interact with. And I have started to have people slot in response, like um, answers to my lands, which people weren't doing before. Yeah. Um, and, it, and then they, you know, don't play with me for a couple months. They slot them back out and then I win again. So, <laughs> <laughs> um. So Ink Moth, I know that you, you we were we were talking a little bit before we went live that you play a lot of like blue strategies outside of Yeva or how am I supposed to say it again? Uh, you corrected uh, me. Yeah, it's like um the it, it's more of a yet. You know how you say yet? Yeva. Yeah, so Yeva, you know. Okay. Um, so anyway, what is it that you like about this particular corner of the color pie? Um I'll be honest with you, like, since I started playing Yeva, I, it doesn't play like green. As, as It does green things, uh, obviously, since it's uh, stuck in that color pie. But the fact that you get to interact at points in time where people can't just really changes 
the way you look at the entire game. Because uh, there are pockets within the game where, like, Breach is trying to resolve and just try, trying to pop it and then forcing them to counter that, like the, the Force of Vigor, for example, just allows me to let me know that I could just go off now because they right. used their, their counter on top of it. And they think that the whole objective was to stop them. And effectively, I did, but on top of them. But yeah, outside of Yeva, I only play Blue Farm and any anything that is just incredibly proactive or unless it's like outside of the meta, like you mentioned, Arden. I, I thought that list is really fun. Being able to pop things with Skull Clamp has always been a dream of mine. From it the moment never, I saw it. it never feels bad, ever. Like, it is the best feeling in the world to just be like, okay, I'm going to hit your dork, and people are like, wait, what? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> if, if, if you, you can attach Skull Clamp to their creature, and then you draw the cards? Yes, yes. because uh, Arden I says, control the Skull Clamp. That is so good. It's, yeah, that's... You can kill like Ragavans, you kill like DRCs, like you kill so many things. And people are just like, I've had people where I get Arden and Skull Clamp down on turn one, and then people just play out like Ragavan because they aren't really thinking about it. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to move to combat and quick Skull Clamp through your Ragavan. They're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, that always makes them do the little double take. Yeah, I, I, I love uh, value. Uh, lists. Um, I like uh, biding my time. I feel like uh, there's this common trend when you're playing a proactive list where if you have a win in your hand you feel compelled to have to like push for it. Mm -hmm. But I've also uh, noticed that if you're the first guy to try to go for a win, if you're the first player to try to go for a win, you, you lose. Anybody so. who played during the flash meta could tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a, astounding a to me how many like not to go off topic, but like how many people in the community now, how how fast CEDH has grown over the last two years because of how many like fairly prominent people in our community did not play during the flash meta. And as somebody who's been playing since like 2016, I'm like, oh, boy, y'all don't remember. Y'all yeah, weren't that there. My, that was one of my win, uh, my win rate dipped the most by the way though oh, it for was, sure it was very satisfying to cast crop rotation in response to flash and then mikokoro would come out and kill them because i've been on that since 2018 i believe and that's been killing lab man before it even resolves since forever uh hold on yeah i i started playing cdh in uh june of last okay. year okay yeah so uh, i hear th i hear things about the meta change and i'm like this is all i've known <laughs> flash was the most like i would say before thoracal it like it was problematic but in my opinion like before thoracal came out i didn't hate flash strategies I, I like i like Especially like some of the really good ones outside of like Sacred Hulk had to play like a fair, fair amount of dead cards. So like I didn't feel terrible playing against those things like Shuffle Hulk, I think is a really good example of like that was my favorite. Oh, I loved Shuffle Hulk, but it was just like it was one of the like a really good example of uh, this is a very slot intensive deck. And then Sushi Hulk came around and then they're like, what do you what what are slots? Um, yeah. Sushi Hulk was so game warping, though. Yeah, Sushi Hulk was. Um, man, I still have PTSD from that. I, uh, loved it. I loved it. I lost to it so many times, but I loved it because it was so cool. Two mana, you win whenever. What? Our our meta <laughs> in our local meta when that card came out, even the people who weren't playing like full CEDH decks, like all of the sudden, everybody was playing Flash Hulk in our local meta. And it was just like the most miserable like month, like three month span of playing CEDH because it was just this giant cat and mouse game of like sitting there with your Flash and being like, where's my window? Where's my window? Where's my window? I will say, though. Um, how do you think the Flash Hulk like 
experience in Meta would have changed if Opposition Agent was a card when it was around. Um, still wasn't enough. Three I mana to deal with it. I think that it's interesting. And I think, Moth, you bring up a good point there is I think even Mind Sensor still existed. Yep. And and it didn't deal with it. It didn't stop it. And like, and this is this kind of, you know, as you can see here, my sign. Um, And this is kind of my issue with like Thassa's Oracle. And we've talked about this before on the podcast, Um, man. I guess we're getting into the weeds, but it is a green podcast, so like the weeds are fine, right? Yeah, um, that's fine. <laughs> but like uh, the stuff that hates on Thoracle also hates on like Dockside and things like that, right? So it seems like it's really good, except for generally, you also want to be playing things that have ETB abilities as well, like Gilda Drake, like. Uh, what's it called ranger captain like there's also these sorts of things in the decks that want to hate on thos's oracle so it's like i the stuff that you're incentivized to play is also disincentivized by the stuff you want to play so it makes it very difficult to like really deal with thos's oracle which is why i think it needs to be banned but yeah i in my deck i think there are uh two ways yeah there, there are two ways to deal with oracle um, one of them, both of them are tutorable actually at instant speed, which is pretty doable. Um, and that's just endurancing what they have in their graveyard back into their library in response to the trigger and Mikokuro, yep. as Ink Moss showed. Endurance yeah, I'm, I'm is... I'm on Gaia Reach so that I have repetition. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, that was why we gave Endurance the best screen card of the year, right? Like, Endurance really changed the game as far as that goes. Um... I it's just like, free. yeah, I mean, it's it's free um, and a lot of decks play a pretty like the decks that are going to be playing, like considering it are probably playing a reasonable amount of green cards to begin with. So uh, but anyway, back to <laughs> I I can get in the weeds so fast. Um, but when we so when we look at these things, uh, we look at, you know, these green strategies and really what do they bring to the CEDH metagame Ink Moth, like from your perspective? What what does green bring to the CDH? Yeah. Like the mono green strategies. Well, uh, we don't care about artifacts. So uh, (laughs) Mm -mm. (laughs) we really do not care about artifacts at all, which uh, allows us to run a bunch of crazy stuff. Uh, like uh, collect the roof, uh, null rod, root mage, mm-hmm. Vanglehorn. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and then Yeva specifically, uh, if I have to get into that, I run stuff like uh, Heartwood Storyteller, which uh, really de incentivizes uh, storm turns because the moment you start slapping down each and every one of those artifacts, you're drawing the table and absorb. Like, it's such a crazy amount of cards that you inevitably get stopped whether you like it or not. Right. And it ends up being like a three mana ad nauseum for me. Uh, let me see. Heartwood Storyteller is like one of the most controversial cards I've ever seen in the CDH community. Yeah, I, I <laughs> as love far it as our though. meta. I'm trying it. to think of that card off the top of my head, what it does. It's a fish, a symmetrical fish for the entire board. Oh, I remember you posting about that now. Okay. I, I I have I don't know how I feel about that card. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that's uh I think that's a common a common either people are very opinionated about it, they're like, I d I don't know, or, or you play Yaven, you love it. Like there's I, I feel like we're in the only this is the only list that only can list. run it. Because we break parity with it so well. Right. How how so? Explain this for the people at home then, who might be looking at this and going, "How how are you breaking parity on Heartwood Storyteller? Uh, how do how how do Jesus? How does Yeva really break the parity on that?" Um. Well, one of my favorite things, which I have done even on in leagues, is uh, you cast a Heartwood Storyteller in response to say something like a Nas, mm-hmm. and. Uh, when they're getting all their fast mana and all their rituals, 
um, for each and every one of those, they have to allow the table to draw three cards each. At which point, if I feel like the stack is about to fizzle out, I stir the pot and throw stuff like uh, Force of Vigor, an Autumn's Veil that purposely draws the table even more cards to look for interactions to deal with the Adnos player. Because that's the one we want to stop. He put himself in that position where we, the whole table, has to stop the Adnos player. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have no choice but to either protect the Heartwood, which I've seen it. It's hilarious. People protecting Heartwood Storyteller is one of the funniest things you'll ever see because, like, it's not really helping them, but at the same time, it sort of is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, they, you know, they, they get more cards in their hand. They're excited. Yeah. Correct. They, they get more cards. Uh, usually what happens is that multiple people get stopped, and then my turn rolls around, and I natural order or Eldritch Evolution, the Heartwood, which sacrifices it on uh, cast. As part so, of the casting cost, so, yeah. So you guys don't see a, a trigger off of it. And on top of that, the list is only like about 20% non-creatures. It's 40% creatures and the other 28 is lands. So it's like we barely we barely trigger it. And when we do, we kind of want to do it to psychologically trick the table into getting what they need. Or letting us ca- uh, cast a spell that they seemingly has no impact. Right. And, so... Uh, yeah. It's it's interesting because like I was it was like something you were saying, Flower, is like it's very hotly contested card in CEDH. Like when it's hotly contested, like like kind of like what is your perspectives on that card then? I uh I came to the decision of running this this card, believe it or not, after I played a game where I was blown out and I had the the board and uh Urza needed to win. And he cast mm-hmm. a time twister and he was going to win, but he gave me a brand new hand. And the way I saw it was he spent three mana to give the table 21 cards and I won on the stack because of it. That's and, so interesting. And if, yeah. and if we have the space in this, in this format, sub format, if you will, for a three mana card that has a chance at blowing you up for the sake of drawing seven cards, I am more than okay because once I get an untap with Heart, Heartwood Storyteller, forget it. And that's not to say if I look like I don't have any mana and I have an Elvish Spirit Guide waiting around with a crop rotation, which is like my dock side. No one ever sees that coming, but with the minute it happens, I just went on top of you. And Heartwood creates an environment where the likelihood of me drawing 20 to 30% of my deck is very realistic. And almost every single card in there will either get past non-creature hate or make itself uncounterable with stuff like Veils, Allosaur Shepherds, Veil of Summer, Destiny Spinner. And remember right. that Destiny Spinner and Allosaur Shepherd could be played at instant speed, which makes them way more devastating when you wait for the stack to get to that little peak and, moment. And like at the end of the day, how many cards are you going to be feeding them maybe too? Yeah, I I know I never feed it unless I'm I'm deliberately trying to give the the table answers. It's also a may ability, so uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, in case uh, there's a notion thief, right? So that's interesting. Yeah, uh, that's a something that I really liked about it. So, so it flower, really... I I notice it's not in your Azusa list. So kind of, what's your perspective on it then? Because it's interesting. Because you know you hear these different perspectives, and you were talking about you know how people either love it or hate it. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of, what's your perspective on it? I run ten instants. <laughs> so if I'm drawing the entire table on someone else's turn, um, I run ten instants. Let's see, one, two, three. Four of them, five of them are tutors and the rest of them. Yeah. So five are tutors and five are um, interaction. Mm-hmm. So like removal or uh, I wrote, I don't heroic intervention. So like, those are my options. Um, I, I do not have, there's nothing that would benefit me more than it benefits the rest of the table. If I was running Heartwood Storyteller at all, yeah, like, that'd, be, that'd be horrible. <laughs> yeah. That's not a very good card in, in almost any other list. No. From what I've um, seen. Yeah, no, it's 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 pretty. It'd be pretty silly. I I don't run enough. Um, that being said, I I do run a Yeva in my ninety nine, <laughs> and she is my number one tutor target. <laughs> and that makes that makes me one of your favorite fans, by the way, Flower. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, uh, fun fun fact, uh, Callan. Since uh, we're talking about old metas and stuff, uh, yeah, uh, I placed a uh, hardwood at the time also when uh, ISO rev was the most common win condition, and oh, that was also uh, a surefire way of stopping that because you cast it in response to ISO rev, and then each cast of Isochron scepter feeds the dockside, so they couldn't go infinite without giving us yeah our library. Man, I miss the I miss dramatic scepter days. Those were the days, man. Those are the good old magic days when you had. Do you remember, <laughs> do you remember Paradox Scepter Ink Moth? Yeah, that was I ran the best Paradox. deck. Paradox Engine wasn't yet, but at some point or another. Man, Flower, you never got to experience Paradox Engine. Oh man, it nope. was okay. Hot at hot take time, and I, maybe this isn't a hot take. Paradox Engine was like the most healthy card for CEDH, believe it or not. It was. But it was horrible for casual play. A hundred percent. One of the cards that the RC uh, banned for, you know, casual play, basically. Because people would take really long turns with it, right? Yeah, yeah. they just dirtle for like 20, 30 minutes just because they keep mm. untapping the rocks so they keep playing shit and then they keep drawing. But those decks weren't designed to win off of that, so they're just yeah. like playing more and more stuff for the next turn. Sheldon and- has said on this very podcast, Paradox Engine died for the sins of bad players. And... <laughs> um, <laughs> That it just it, it like it killed off like uh the captain's say deck and then that deck like that whole community had to really like completely rethink how that deck can even function and it took forever for it to come back and uh it killed it's off still not great. yeah it's still not great <laughs> um, did, it, did it come back with elk uh it came back once people I'm trying to think of what the card was that brought it like people people have been trying to bring it back for years, but I forget exactly what it was that made it kind of playable again. Because to say Gigantha, to say Elk is pretty, pretty good. Oh, no, no. no. I'm talking about Captain to say oh. the green white one, not oh uh, the green white one. Yeah, that yeah, one. Then. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, go ahead and. Yeah, the back yeah back then flower that list was like it was the bomb. Uh, so since Paradox Engine was it a legendary, you would tap for uh, Mox Amber, which was also a legendary. You'd cast it, it untap everything, and then you'd look for Paradox Engine, and then you'd cast it. You play a free the free Mox Amber, which untaps everything, and then you just keep going. Oh, that that's that's actually really cool. <laughs> and then the deck is that's like all like hate pieces. And it just it was such a good counter to what was going on in the meta. And it did a really good job of like balancing out the flash stuff that was going on at the mm-hmm. time. And then uh like Flash's worst matchup, I would say, like Flash Hulk decks was absolutely anytime you saw a Captain Sasay deck across from you, because those decks could just deal with whatever you were doing. And when that got banned, it killed that, and it also killed Arkham Dagson. And both of those were deck. stacks decks that were very healthy for the metagame. Arkham Dagson? Yeah, he, he was replaced by Urza. Okay. Yep. Arkham Dagson uh, was... It, it's actually on the database again. They figured out... It's not bad, but it's it's not know. bad. It's just the lines are super convoluted. Um, and dice to oof. Yes. Um, basically, what it does, Flower, is you tap Arkham, uh, target artifact creatures, controller sacrifices it. That player may search their library for a non-creature artifact card and put it onto the battlefield. Then you shuffle. Um, and so you would just like sack a Ornithopter to get a Paradox Engine, and then cast a like mem night and then mix repeat and then you would just win somehow and it was you just can't do that anymore which is really sad I, i'd like to pay five into a quarter calling for two <laughs> yeah basically boop, boop. well this was uh, before collector oof existed that's true mm-hmm. so oof, oof is my Paradox, baby. 
Paradox Engine got banned like right before Modern Horizons 1 came out, I think. Uh, if I remember correctly. Um, that affected Yeva at the time, but then Ashaya came out, and now I don't really care if Paradox ever comes back because it's non bows with Paradox. Mm-hmm. I'd like it to come back, but for Sisse, not for any mono green list, because I feel like we're trying too hard for Ashaya and there's no point. I think if it came back, it would make Storm decks in general just cleaner because, I mean, yeah, obviously, like it just. Also, you used to be able to do really fun wins with Isochron Scepter where if you had like positive mana rocks with an Isochron Scepter, you could just imprint Lightning Bolt underneath of Isochron Scepter and then just bolt the table what? to death. Yeah, because oh, you would, engine? Yeah, because Paradox Engine, you are casting the copy off of Isochron Scepter, so that would untap everything. And so as right. long as you had like a soul ring and a mana crypt, you just killed the table. Oh that's actually really fun. Like that was one of the things that was so fun with it was you used to be able to do that. Now you have to have like copy artifact. So you have to have to like dueling scepters, and it's just it's I miss Paradox Engine so much. <laughs> It was so, um, so great. I actually run a card in my deck uh, that just bringing up the like, you know, infinite cast of lightning bolt. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm the if not one of the only decks that runs a glacial chasm. Like actively. Interesting. Tutors. Yeah, I've considered it in Lavinia, but so, so what was it that you really liked about it? Um. I do a lot of land loops, a lot okay. of land locks. I run Crucible, I run Ramanap, and I run Ancient Green Warden. Um, so for me, being able to sack the Glacial Chasm on my upkeep to its cumulative upkeep trigger and then replay it from turn after I attack. Okay. Um, pretty solid. The, the biggest thing for me is that my, you know, when you, when you start out, generally you have like one or two people that you're playing against every single time, you know? Right. Kind of the person who guides you in CDH. Well, for me, that was Carnage. And uh, he was playing Jessica Ishai. I love Carnage. Oh, so man. Cool. Car- Carnage is by far Sweetheart. one of my best friends. Wasn't Carnage like, one of the first people uh, to do Jessica Ishai? Like it was like Carnage and Famji, wasn't it? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Carnage is the Falcon Punch deck. That's um, right. Fa- and. I had to build this deck going against Carnage every single time I played. So we actually got to a point in my building of Azusa where we sat down across from each other and Carnage looked at me and said, I can't win. Like I, I, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't win because I had a glacial chasm on field that he had no answer to, no way to get rid of on his turn. And I was constantly replaying it. Right. I had ways to protect my, um, my re- land reanimators, and then I run a shuffle titan, so he couldn't brain freeze me. Wow! <laughs> so there, there got to a point where, like, I, I you know, pe- people have definitely figured it out with brain freeze, but like brain freezing me, unless you have ways to interact at instant speed on top of the trigger, there's, there's no way. Just run rest in peace, guys. Come on. No Come on. Anybody Come on, on just... brain freeze would be on, on. Breach. Why would they want rest in peace? Yeah, I know, but I, I'm, I, I don't know if you, it, it, for the people who listen to this podcast, they will be very aware of the fact that I think Jeskai is like not a great storm color, uh, pairing. I think it's like the ideal control colors, and uh, I get very frustrated by the lack of, like. People are like, oh, I'm in red. I have to play Breach. And I'm like, you don't have to play Breach. <laughs> you can. That value Breach. <laughs> lots of other stuff that you could be doing. Um, So, man, I love talking to you guys. So <laughs> with you, with the, all of that in mind, we've talked about, you know, what does it bring to the table? You know, what do you like about it? All those things. Why should people give it a try? Like if you're sitting there and you're somebody like me and you're like, oh, Marwin looks interesting or, you know, like you look at I'm going to make sure to link to both your deck lists in the description of this. 
you look at this and you go, that looks like an interesting deck. Like, what is the like elevator sales pitch for your like for these types of decks? And I guess flower, like what what are your thoughts? Um, It's something different. Like mm-hmm. that's that's my biggest pitch is that like if you if you've been playing these turbo nods or you've she been playing my lines. These... <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> it's it's just it's completely different. Mine is different too. But yours is different <laughs> well. <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh you know, and even within the green spectrum, you have Yeva and you have Azusa and you have Marwin and you have Yisan and uh, Silvala. So like, right. let's say these are your, your every one of them does a different thing. Yep. They all do different things. Like I, I kind of put Marwin and Silvala almost in the same boat, though they do mm-hmm. what they, they do the same thing with a different approach. But mm-hmm. yeah, I agree with that sentiment wholeheartedly. They like Azusa and, and Yisan and, Yeva and then obviously Marwin and Silvala, they're so vastly different from each yeah. other. Well, I mean, I think about like Yisan, like Yisan is very much like a toolbox deck, right? Like it's very much right. a, I sit down, I examine what's going on, and then I make decisions based on the texture of the table. Whereas like Silvala and Marwin feel very much like storm decks. Yeah, that's uh, uh I mean I, I found uh, Marwin and Silvala to be way more proactive. Yeah. My my only issue with them is, is that they're very easy to telegraph. Um and you could wait to the very last possible moment to interact with them with that wonderful sword the plowshare you're you're holding on to mm-hmm. and wait for that untapped to be right on the stack, right when you know that they need that mana the most and they're blown out for two turn cycles. Right. It's not going to be one. It's going to be for a whole two cycles because the next turn, they're either recasting their commander or trying to get another dork down and then passing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting just like how like different the diff like all of them can be. And now we've got what that like mono green like um, what was that new commander that they just previewed? The, the the one that like bounces the land bounces himself and no it does something with equipment um oh it's from the commander set and i don't remember what it does but like there's just there's so many different ways you can go about it and it's cool to see people brewing in that space and doing things mm-hmm. that are new and different and like like you said like doing things that aren't just you know blue farm and you know whatever is supposed to be the best deck at any given time but yeah. <laughs> uh, Ink Moth, I have a question for you. Sure, shoot. You have, I, I, Do you run uh, Tooth and Nail? No, I do not. Okay, let's say you were running Tooth and Nail. Full board state, you have nothing. What do you Tooth and Nail for? What are the two things you put on the field? Uh, Seedborn Duskwatch. Yeah. Yeah, that'll that'll do it for me. It would be uh, Apex Altasaur and Bane of Progress. To wipe everyone else, because I That's... if I don't have anything, I don't want anyone else have anything out of the, either. Yeah, that my best bet at winning in that with no board state, and I and I cast a fully entwined tooth and nail. That would be Seedborn and Dusquatch, which mm-hmm. can almost assuredly guarantee a win before the third player ends their turn, or leave me in a position where like I am borderline unstoppable. Or you have to try really hard to figure out what is the creature that I'm, I actually want to keep alive, which is probably not going to come down until the end step right before my turn. Mm-hmm. I feel I, I, I definitely I don't play enough mono green to comment because my like. My snake brain is just like, oh, you get like Kyrian Rangel and like Regal Force or something like that. And. It probably does nothing, but I don't know. <laughs> you need the Ashaya to make the Kyrian Ranger work. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't yeah, know, no, I, I just work here. It's <laughs> yeah, I just work here. Yeah. For me, it's like um once I once I'm able to get a you know, I Yeva's honestly one of my first tutor targets. <laughs> so I'm just playing a different Yeva deck. 
Secret Commander Yeva. Secret Commander Yeva. My my commander, my actual commander, just lets me like play some lands. That's it. I mean, right. when I, when it comes to describing what it feels like to play Yeva, it kind I kind of feel like that that picture of Charlie Day from Sunny Philadelphia <sighs> pointing at yeah. the at sign. The, yeah, at the sign. It's just kind of like he looks crazy and. <laughs> Uh, but like here, like what I, what I presented here on, on the board is just a, a nice little example of how many lines I can create with a Shia. Mm -hmm. So like you have the standard, uh, priest of Titania, you know, the big mm -hmm. dorks, cause they obviously untap for a ton of mana circle of the Druid. Right. And then we get into the unique ones, which is what, where people don't see the winds, um, beast whisper and Kyrian ranger and a Shia. Do not go infinite mana, but they do go infinite draw. Draw. Yep. And if I get infinite draw, I can draw into my Lotus Cobra, mm -hmm. which then triggers a landfall, and now I go mana positive. Then all I need to look for is a way to bounce the the drawer so I don't deck out, which is very <laughs> easy once you draw into the Scrib Ranger. Right. And you know that that it's stuff like that that people don't see so then like beast whisper does the same thing glade muse does the same thing as i just mm -hmm. described lotus cobra goes infinite on its own uh shaman of forgotten ways though seemingly a very bad dork that only adds two creature uh mana since it's a forest thanks to it's uh formidable i right? I, yeah. I have played against that card enough to be like that is a red flag card every time i see it <laughs> <laughs> and what's really funny is what Ashaya enabled with it. A lot of people don't know that Ashaya and Kirin Ranger do go infinite mana with it. Because you get infinite creature mana, mm -hmm. right? And because it's a forest, you can then use that creature mana to filter it and make regular green mana since mm -hmm. it's a forest thanks to Ashaya. So that makes it another viable infinite dork with an out attached to it. Because being able to pay 11 mana and fighting all your creatures just kills you. Uh, you got Draga Tree Speaker that taps for two. Um, Earthcraft, uh, because yep. because Earthcraft allows you to tap the Carrion Ranger, it pays for itself, so you're getting a free untap. So you just need any creature on the field. Um, Argothian Elder just needs a Shia to resolve without summoning mm -hmm. sickness, and then it untaps itself and any other land. Concordant Crossroads has the same exact effect that uh, Earthcraft has with it, and that's what I'm aiming for to slap any one random creature on to then do my version of Thassa's Oracle, which is Kyrian Ranger. Can I okay. can I introduce you to the cult that is Ashaya Kyrian Ranger, Earthcraft, Scoot Swarm? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I just wish Scoot Swarm, Scoot Farm, I mean, a Swarm wasn't so narrow in the list overall. It's just, it's just good in Azusa regardless. Like, yeah. regardless of what I'm doing, it's just good in Azusa. Like... Cause I, you know, my guy, it feeds my guy's cradle, it feeds my earthcraft and it feeds, um, you know, all of my, uh, and like, you have the draw land effects. drops to, to trigger it. So I, yeah. See it. What are you, what are y'all doing? Trying to break arena again? <laughs> <laughs> just, that is my goal. My goal is to have so many tokens on the field that like that at, it gets to a point where I play on trice mm -hmm. and it gets to a point where I have one token on the field and I annotate it to say big, <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> or many. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of these on here. If, uh, enough that if you were to Rakdos charm me, I would be very sad. <laughs> That's hilarious. That is, I, I, when that card came out, there were just so many videos circulating on Twitter of just people playing arena and like crashing arena because <laughs> they had accidentally gone infinite with scoot squirm and just it just would trigger scoot squirm trigger scoot squirm and then it just and then arena just crashed and you're just like oh okay i guess i won <laughs> yeah, scoot, scoot, scoot squirm actually um replaced field of the dead in my deck I interesting yeah yeah, it replaced Field of the Dead um, because it's harder to get rid of. And uh, without with, with Ashaya, your creatures count towards that land of different m names, you know, mm -hmm. that, that what you need to trigger the Field of the Dead. So it normally works out, but um, I, I can trigger it way easier on its own with just a scoot. Scoot and some uh, a scoot and some some 
forest. I'm, I'm going to get to six lands by turn three. So it's probably reasonably. Flower. Huh? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I, yeah, how do you feel about ever? Uh, this is like a very dumb take. So please laugh. I love at me dumb if you takes. A uh, horn agreed. I feel like you get the best value not, out of that. Not a dumb take at all. Um, I ran it and then I cut it and then I ran it and then I cut it and then I ran it and then I cut it. So at this point, it's like I don't want to be drawing someone, you know, a card a turn, an extra card a turn. However, I'm going to be drawing three a turn. So I, I do outvalue them. Um, but I'm just so scared. I'm, I'm Yeah, you got to contest with card quality as well. Yeah. And like, I, you know, it, it might draw me three more lands because I'm running, you know, 37 of them. <laughs> and um, it might draw Jesus. someone their their underworld breach. So. Yeah, yeah that's pre- that's pretty fair. I'm not on it right now, but I I just uh, like I was like, if there's any if there's, there was ever a commander that broke parity with that or got the most out of that card, it would have been. It's Azusa. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, it's actually it's been such a pleasure getting to talk with you guys. Like I said, I love both of you and I always enjoy talking with you. Um, as far as where people can find you on social media, like Ink Moth, if people want to interact with you, want to talk to you, uh, see what you're doing, where could people find you? Um, the Yeva Discord. That is the one place where I'm incredibly active, helping new pilots learn how to play the list because it is a very difficult list it really is um and uh yeah uh, I, i'm on twitter but i keep my notifications off as i told you earlier yeah. <laughs> for my own sanity <laughs> so that's Good why call. i seem very unresponsive at times and it's just because i don't it doesn't occur to me to go on twitter um mm-hmm. until like it pops into my brain but yeah the diff the discord i i keep unmuted and yeah, i'm always taggable there and anytime anybody wants to pop in there and talk about cdh or learn how to play the list or you know anything that can you know yeah absolutely kind of um, out there flower you not only are i i know people can find you on the r slash cdh discord where you run the uh what is it the trice leagues that you guys yeah, are doing we- Weekly Saturday Trice Leagues. Yeah. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about that, because I know that's something you are deeply passionate about. Yeah. So uh, the weekly Saturday Trice Leagues are weekly Trice Leagues on Saturday. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, It starts at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and it generally runs... we're we're fixing it. It is running a few hours now, like like four to five hours is what you could expect for the, for the entire league. Um, three rounds and then a winner's pod, and uh, you get cool, you know, bragging rights when you win with a cool icon next to your name, cool role. Um, that happens every week, and it's super fun. Uh, you also get um, automatically entered into the ranked system in uh, in CD or in the Reddit server. Um, that will rank you for points for all your wins and all the times you go to the finals pod and you will be invited to their ranked league every three months quarterly. Nice. Yeah. And then as far as where people can find you, what you're working on, uh, where can people follow you? Uh, You can follow me. Uh, I'm, I'm in the Reddit discord. Um, Go in there and ping for flower and you'll find me two W's. Second W is silent. (laughs) Um, and then you can also find me on Twitter, um, and that is at Flower Faye, uh, F-A-E, and the second W as well. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me today. Um, it's been a real pleasure. I know I want to have you guys back on at some time to talk about other stuff because you guys are just great guests. Um, wow. Thank you. So, <laughs> Thanks yeah, for having us. Yeah, absolutely. I was but, totally surprised uh, by this. <laughs> what'd you say? I was totally surprised and taken aback by it. Like, but so thank you so much, Callan. That really means a lot. Oh no, absolutely. Like I, not to go too deep into it, but like for me, like everything about this podcast is about the community and highlighting things that are going in the community and trying to enrich the community. Um, and so anytime that I find people that, like you guys who are like positive people in the community. I really am like, okay, these are people that we need to be talking with. Cause 
you know, that's why that's why I have like Ian on like every other week. Right. Like, because it's just like here is a good person in the community. We want to talk more about those sorts of things. But uh, with that being said, that about wraps things up for us here today. Just a quick reminder that you can follow all of us here on Twitter at uh, Sculpty Boys. Here is how you spell that. If you can't spell that, or if you don't want to try and spell that, we have a link directly to it in our link tree in the description below. I uh, want to also give an extra thanks to some of our uh, high tier patrons, Justin, Michael Levine, excuse me, Dr. Michael Levine, uh, CZ, David Snavely, uh, Dianichis, Jason Bialik, Lone Wolf, Matt Banyer, and Senior Coupon. If you too would like to become a patron, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash the mind sculptors, or again, check out the link in our description. Thank you again for joining us and from all of us here at the mind sculptors. I'm Callahan and we'll see you next time. I'm in line with the stars. I'm in sync with the earth. 10 toes deep flower child from the turf. I never switch sides. Like even when I die, I'm a ride for the squad. Let her ties in the hearse. I've been on a vibe kind of hard to describe. I'm in between. I'm good and it's fine, but I'm tired of the grind. Then I come alive in the night to realize I'm in the middle of the time of my life. I'm never so packed for the stack. Never lied on the back. Got a bag from the way that I write it. Queen looking Tyson. Do that I survived. Doing 80 to the house. Then I hit it to the sky. Change haters on a tirade. Talking to the grip in the face. Be still. Let that hate stuff fade. We all want the same. We all want a meal in the safe. I want to live like I'm trying to be enlightened. Just spill from my lips. Feel big from the bit. Take a sip till I pass out. Try and get grip, but it don't make sense. Cause you can lose life on this fast route. Yeah. Turn thoughts to a cash cow. I might flip that to the glass house. I don't need the accolades. I'm in love with the chase. I just want to eat, save a spot at the table. Beast with the slap, pin myself on the map. Long with the wind, but we knowing that it's cap. Five hour flights, couple nights at the flat. To be real, could you see me making moves while I'm at? I'm still on the grind, every time when I chat. I'm burning down sage, keep the demons away. When I write it, give a piece of myself to the page. I don't do it for the praise, love. That's just how I'm made. See the truth in the glass <laughs> in the mirror. Yeah. Do it at me, old man. Trying to pass in the fear. You're the first one to talk, but the last one to hear.